And before we get started with today's show, I want to talk to a good friend of mine, Zach, Mr. Eyeliner. Zach, welcome, my guy. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for having me on your awesome show, man. You're a great friend of mine. You're a great supporter. Uh, more people need friends like you out there. Hey, dude, this is uh, just a, a small thing. This is nothing big that, uh, that I'm doing at all, but what I do want to do is I want to tell a few people, yeah, I guess in your words, about this contest that that we're trying to win. All right, we're trying to get you over the top. You've already got a good a good jump on the competition. We want to give just that little edge that we can we can humbly do on our behalf. So tell us about this contest that you're in and how we can help. Awesome, bro. Thank you. Um, yeah, so a Face of Horror, it's called the Face of Horror competition that they started earlier in the month. And I've known about this thing for, I think, uh, I've known about it for years. I actually knew the person went last year. Uh, and it was during that time, I was still kind of in the pandemic kind of mode. And I never had that inspiration to want to do it. But a lot of my friends in the horror community were like, dude, you got to run for it. You're like the horror OG. Because I, I do a lot of live videos on Instagram. I always win the trivia. Like ten, nine out of 10 times I win it from anybody and uh i've been a horror fan since i was five years old grew up in a horror place in my video store i worked at a 15 to maybe 18 then started writing horror screenplays in a band that wrote horror themed songs and went on to do horror makeup for about 20 years and now i'm somebody that's all about horror even to this day do my own horror podcast i myself just i'm, not, I'm gonna be my, i'm gonna be heartful here i think i'm the face of horror considering i can name you 50 60 70s 80s 90s 2000 horror films TV shows. I am a binge watcher. I literally, my favorite, if I'm in the worst mood of my life, the bad, worst day of my life, I come home and I watch literally like The Exorcist. I'll watch, uh, a lot of people think I'm going to be weird for this one. I'll watch The Shining, things like that to make me be in a better mood. I literally want to say if I get to the last stage, I need everybody's support. And what I want to do with that money is my mom, is my mom, my dad, she's been there for me. She raised me in a hair salon, hence how I got into hair and makeup. She was a single mom. A great mom raised me and my sister. And I was always into horror, literally. I came home from school and watched all the VHS tapes. Literally everything on HBO at the time was like, you know, how many times did you see The Blob or Return of the Living Dead 1, 2, you're like on HBO. So I kind of just became crazy with that. When I finally like needed to help the family, I was like, all right, I'm 15 years old. I, I, I worked at this video store. I, it was called Video Express, dude. And all I did was watch horror all day long. My buddies would come in and do it. We make fun of all the dudes going into the porn section. <laughs> that, was the, that was the funnest part of the job, actually. Uh, but yeah, on the other side, I'd go hang out with my mom because she worked in the hair salon with her good friends. And a lot of her friends at the time, this is how I became an anti-bullying activist as well. I learned at an early age, everybody is equal, man. Like my mom's best friend. One of them was uh, one at the time was uh, transsexual. One at the time was like different. One at the time was a different sexuality as well. So I learned all types of life, and I never saw skin tone. I never saw sexuality, and I just always hated anybody who was a bully. So like, for years, horror movies taught me how to help other people I knew who got bullied, and I never liked bullying. And I became an anti-bullying activist later in my life. But during my teens and my twenties, I literally saw on the road in vans. There's other there's people being bullied in shows. There's bands bullying bands and everything else. So I think me introducing horror to people who've never seen a horror movie really made me love horror even more. So what I want to do if I win Face of Horror, dude, is literally go around and I've had this dream to build this anti-bullying virtual tour for all bully teens and 
people with adult supervision to join me every weekend and I will go to a tour of just some of that money I use to buy some props and stuff set up a whole part of my apartment where I walk them through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s to 2000s horror films how they've changed and how they've helped people get through tough times. Zach, it sounds like you got fantastic plans for your victory in the face of horror contests and so the, the website where you can vote actually we're going to put your specific link in the bio to this episode Thank so you, if you're man. so if you're listening to this episode go into the bio you're going to find uh you're going to find the information for our guest that's coming on at the end of the show jasper hammer from the film all eyes but take a look there zach mr eyeliner this is the guy you want to vote for in the face of horror contest make it happen we're gonna we're gonna make it happen zach so thank thank you you very much thank you for very much for being who you are for being an advocate for the horror community and for standing up to those bullies stick around for the best podcast on the planet say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I'm the number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. God, it knows I'm here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. This is Alex from Alabama, and I do have a situation where I had sleep paralysis before. It happened in high school was the first time it happened where my friend Gator, yes, animal nicknames for most of my people in high school. No, I'm not telling you my animal nickname, but Gator had an episode where he said he was frozen, couldn't move when he woke up. I laughed at that. Later on that week, I woke up in the middle of the night, couldn't move myself. It was some weird, creepy music going on in the background, terrified me. I realized after a while that it only happened when I slept on my stomach. So to this day, I actually don't ever sleep on my stomach. And I don't actually have to deal with sleep paralysis that much. But yes, that's something I've had to deal with before. Creatures of the night, welcome to the Slasher Sports Show. I am Billy Graves. You can find me on Twitter at HitCityKid. Let me introduce this co-host over here. You already know who I'm talking about, Suki Suburbia. Suki, hello. Hello. It is the sweetest sin, Suki Suburbia. That's a lot of S's in there. You're welcome. Thank you. You know I like alliteration. I really do. do. It gets me going. That's why we're called Slasher Sports, you know. It's... My thing. I like it. Yeah, my I kids don't have my kids don't have alliterating names though. Well, no, that's that's not true. My my younger son, his first name starts his first name starts with a G, but we call him by a different like derivative of a, of his middle name. So of a whole entirely different name. Yeah, like a whole it. different name. I didn't I didn't think about the first name being 
Yeah, so it does start with a G. That's crazy. Do you go by your middle name? No. My grandma said, no, my grandma said, ain't nobody calling y'all those names. I don't know why your mama named you that. So she gave us nicknames. I go by nickname. Okay. Well, I mean, speaking of nicknames, you know, we're going to talk about what, what our guy Alex from Alabama was talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So I want, I want to jump back to, to what we were just saying though. So, um, yeah, I go by my middle name or a derivative of my middle name. Obviously, my middle name is William and I, Billy has been my name forever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how people decide on that because it, it, it's incidental that both of my kids go by a derivative of their middle names. Huh. Yeah, nobody, nobody calls them by their first name. I always go into it thinking what can be the nickname mm-hmm. whenever I'm naming something. Yeah, so my kids are both, um, you know, Hispanic. So both have Hispanic names. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to be going home to Tennessee, (laughs) you know where I'm going going with this. I have to be careful because, you know, I I just told you my younger son's first name starts with a G. The hell with it. I'll tell you, he's an adult now. But I was telling myself, I got to have different names for different situations. Oh. No. Oh yeah, for uh, for FAFSA, he is definitely Guillermo. For the police, he is Matt. <laughs> that was a swift change. That was yeah. a very swift change, and I respect it. You have mm-hmm. to you have to understand yeah. how the world works. That is a fact. That is a fact. Because they did not keep my fair complexion during mm-hmm. summer. No, they get just a little taste of that sun. And they're as brown as a biscuit. You know what I'm saying? Yes. As brown as a biscuit. (laughs) Not everybody can do it, you know? Uh Uh-uh. Jet black hair. Jet black hair. Jet black hair, brown, with a name like Guillermo. (laughs) He's he's under the jail for a speeding ticket. You know what I'm saying? I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to say it. So my name is Sharmitra. I don't know if people know that. It's Sharmitra. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And the area that I live in, it presents as an Asian or, or Indian name. So when I show up to the interview, because you hear how I sound as well, right? So still not giving anything away. So when I show up to the interview, they're like, are you Sharmitra? Sure am, buddy. I know. You or are you her translator? <laughs> I know you thought somebody else was showing up, but it's, it's Sharmitra. This is me. So. Well, yeah, because I actually, we've had this conversation. I know a Sharmitra and she's from Thailand, never been to the United States. So, I mean, this is, yeah, not a, not a new thing, but yeah, I guess I'm not expecting you to walk in reading that name on the resume either. It's the TRA. I guess they have a lot of um, deities and stuff with the TRA Mm -hmm. at the end. So it presents as that type of name, but my... People are from Oklahoma. Yes, I did say I'm from Oklahoma. So my mother's name is very plain and um, regular. And she was like, you know what? I'm just going to make their names very big. So I'm Sharmitra. My sister is Nastasia. See, you can take a, a name with three or four syllables and get a couple of nicknames out of it. Yeah. Just take what you want. Leave the rest on the paper. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's what happened. See, I'm, I'm a, th- I'm, a th- I'm a third generation of of my first name. My dad, and my grandfather had different middle names. Oh. 
but the first name is all the same. It's first name I would never give anybody ever. There would not be a fourth generation of this name. However, my younger son being named Guillermo is kind of sort of named after me because William and Guillermo are the same are the same name. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. I mean, who who would know that unless you were Nobody. you know Hispanic, right? Right. So uh, yeah, Guillermo is basically William in Spanish, mm-hmm. and uh, my younger son didn't like that name for a very long time either. Because first of all, none of his teachers ever said it correctly, and and that's okay. I'm I'm not one of those people who complains when somebody struggles with a foreign name. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not who who cares. I, I don't care if you say Jose instead of Jose. Mm-hmm. Nobody ca- Nobody nobody cares. The only people mm-hmm. that care are the the weird wokesters. But but. I know the burden I placed on my son <laughs> by naming him Guillermo. It's got starts with a it starts G U I L L E R M O. Okay. Mm-hmm. It first mm-hmm. of all, if you don't speak Spanish, it does not look like it sounds right. And there aren't that many people out there with that name, you know, where where we are. So it took getting some representation from from Hollywood. And there's a famous director named Guillermo del Toro. Del Toro. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. And when uh, when my kid learned about that, he's like, "Hey, I kind of like that. It's a pretty cool mm-hmm. name." Now, you know, before it was just like the name that your father placed upon you. It wasn't enough. Aww. But let a little man come around and direct a couple movies, <laughs> and suddenly it's all right. Aww. Yeah, it's it's some bullshit. Okay, that's just some teenage bullshit. Is what it is. Okay. I've always loved my name. Except when people of whatever, I don't know, they get it in their heads that they can pronounce it and they won't let it go. So I make them own it. I say, I'm giving you an out. My nickname is Mimi. You know, you can call me Mimi. No, 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 Charmella. See, now you're <laughs> added an L. I don't even know why would you add an L to that name? So then we have to go through all that. Yeah, I, I can't get I can't get down with that. I've got a. I am one of the people, though, like I just told you. I don't stress if people don't say a name correctly. On the flip side of that coin, I stress if I can't say a name correctly. Mm. I'm one of the people that if I meet someone who is originally from another country, I'll learn what that language is and Mm -hmm. I'll learn a couple of phrases in that language. And I will... um, salutate <laughs> i will uh-huh. greet i will greet the person if i see them on a daily basis i'll uh-huh. greet that person with that salutation that's just one that's of the sign of a serial killer mm-hmm. I wish they knew. Mm-hmm. and you know that. Once, they read once, upon their people they find out how to connect with them you know that do you know that yeah, yeah. and like the, the the cheerleaders in the basement are are fine they're fine okay that's really neat, though. But, you know, when they tell you how to connect with people in, like, the seven ways or whatever, they always say make sure you repeat the name and then learn a little bit about them. So that's that's good. Yeah, but you're you're right. Crazy people do that, too. And, you know, soci- sociopaths do that. They do that. It's, it's documented. <laughs> so it, it's like the um, – I, I guess what I'm trying to say is – there's so many common traits that your everyday person has that is also shared by a maniacal serial killer. So yeah. in short, there is a fine line that we all walk between hello and I'm going to kill your ass. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I passed the lie detector test. So there you go. 
Well, you know, okay, think about this. How often do you, you know, a lot of us are working from home now and, yeah. and that's fine. But what about the times where you were working in the office, somebody gives you a, a hello or a good morning, you give a hello or a good morning back. And then they want to say, well, how was your weekend? It's like, nope, nope. We did this already. I mm -hmm. gave you a greeting. You gave me a greeting. Let's go our separate ways. Start our day because I'm not a morning person. Those little things build up. And before you know it, you're uh, Michael Douglas and falling down. You know, you're, you're one car beep away from pulling the Uzi out of your trunk and just spraying everybody down. That's, that's not a good way to be. So it's not because I'm that person that gives you the whole day. You ask me about the day, I'm giving you the whole day. Yeah. You're the type of person that makes me wish I hadn't asked. Yes. Yeah. Don't ask me. Do not ask me. I'm giving you the whole day. Seinfeld had a bit about. <laughs> Having a hay guy, you know, somebody that he would walk in, not not walk into, but he would pass daily in the hallways of his apartment building. Seinfeld, hey, the other guy, hey, <laughs> and then they go on. It's like the, the the best relationship that you can have. Hey, hey, and I I really appreciated that later on in life. And then towards the end of the episode, I guess the hay guy wanted to start speaking a little bit more, ruining everything, just ruin the whole thing. But it's always funny when that happens. I mean, more people should just be hey guys. Yeah. No, no. I'm giving, don't ask me. Don't say it if you don't want want it because I'm giving it to you. Yeah. The, you'll get no empty gestures from me. Okay. Okay. Perfect. See what I'm saying? You know, Set the ground rules up because I'm talking to you until you're like, I was just, oh, okay. Well, why didn't you tell me you didn't want to finish this full conversation in the hallway? Yeah. Any listeners that are unclear what an empty gesture is. It's something that you do knowing damn well they're going to say, no, it's okay, or they'll decline whatever you're you know, asking, and then you're glad that they declined it. So it's like you're sitting down and you see a couple of people, um, I don't know, carrying groceries in. It's like, hey, you guys need help? So now we're good. It's like, good. <laughs> you want to, I don't want to get up. Actually, I have some in the car. So if you don't mind. Right. So, yeah. So don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ever ask. Well, um, Suki. Yeah. Let's talk about our friend Alex from Alabama. Okay. First of all, this man's got a voice. He's got honey in his voice. Okay. Should we get him on the show? Talk I mean, about candy man? listen, all I know is this man could narrate my eulogy and I would sit up and thank him. I would sit up and thank him. But he chimed in again this week about sleep paralysis and what he tells the the show and the listeners as you heard at the beginning was that he and i believe he said a, a college roommate or a college roommate told him about his sleep paralysis and it, first of all let me let me back up real quick the sleep paralysis was experienced by his friend named gator you appreciate it you appreciate it so much i appreciated it a ton because I have an uncle with that same nickname. Now, Alex from Alabama says, no, we're not going to learn his nickname. Listen, Gator, if you're, if you're listening, call us. Call us. We want to know Alex from Alabama's animal nickname. We need answers. But, you know, the, the, the more I hear about these sleep paralysis bouts, uh, the, the more I want to deep dive into the psyche and see where that comes from. Like, what, what makes it different than a normal nightmare, right? 
What makes this different? Like what, what in your mind makes this different? Why is it more vivid? Why is it, you know, why does it feel like you've woken up when this happens? And that's the common thing. It's like, I woke up and I was apparently still in the dream because I couldn't move. Yeah. But Alex doesn't talk about the, the sleep paralysis demon. He does talk about some, some music that he heard, some eerie music playing overhead through like a, through his mind's PA system. But the demon public. is a common occurrence. The demon's very common, as you heard from Matt from Tennessee last week. Now, yeah, we're going to, we're, we're, we're going to track you down, Alex. We're going to find out what that animal nickname was. Okay. Rest okay. assured, rest assured that we will find Gator and we will drag it out of him. By any and means we, necessary. Oh, what? <laughs> and we thank you for calling in and telling us and, you know, giving us that information. It's always good to hear from the listeners, especially as we're trying to delve more into this and figure out what are the differences, what people have experienced, what have they learned from those dreams? Maybe they've learned something about themselves. That is also true, Alex. We do thank you. We do thank you, but we are coming for you. <laughs> And we will not stop until we find you. And we will learn that animal nickname. And then we'll just turn you loose. Because, I mean, that that was really the only goal. We need it. His name See, is I'm... A. A. I wonder what, wonder what it could be. Tennessee is considered the south, right? Tennessee is probably considered the most northern most south. Mm-hmm. Depend, depending on how you feel. Well, uh, among, like, y'all are weird because you've got Virginia up there. And the, we are the south. Yeah, you were considered the South because you like they were the capital of a specific yeah. group of miscreants. With money, we had the money printed up here. People mm-hmm. are like, no, whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So do you say soda or pop? Okay. So actually people from here say neither. People from here Coke. will call will call it a Coke. I knew it. Boom. But I, because I was transplanted elsewhere for a short time and because of the way it's said in Spanish, I say soda, but it is not a, it's not common for people to call it soda here unless they go out of their way to change their verbiage to not sound so, so hillbilly. My cousins say Coke. They say, your cousins do that Coke. And I'm like, that's the Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Go ahead and give me that Coke. Yeah. Hey, you want to run to the gas station real quick? Give me a Coke. What kind of Pepsi? The only time you'll hear me say Coke is when it's actual Coke. Or when I'm needing cocaine. These Those are, are the legit only. reasons. Yeah. I, I see your tweets like, bartender, three cocaines, please, and one root beer, or whatever it is you say. I'm not the same person I was when I tweeted that. So. You you say a lot of things that are just off the wall. And I wonder, like, how did you come up with this? And usually, <laughs> I, I can burn your toast better than her. Unblock me, babe. <laughs> Something like that. Alfredo with the, uh, the, the, uh, what is it? The thing removed, the tail removed. I made Alfredo with the tail removed. Unblock me, baby. Shrimp yes. Alfredo. Don't forget the shrimp, shrimp part Alfredo. because it's, it's important to know that Alfredo doesn't have a tail. <laughs> <laughs> Alfredo would be the, the sauce, you uncultured swine. Shrimp Alfredo. <laughs> shrimp Alfredo. Yes. Yeah. I just think about this stuff. I think what could get me a boyfriend? And I think these tweets would do that. They probably would. Um, because the quickest way to somebody's heart is not through his stomach, it's through laughter. It's through laughter. And uh, I believe it was, uh, on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the titular character Roger Rabbit said himself, 
A laugh can be a very powerful thing. Sometimes it's the only weapon we have. And a little rabbit with a hammer of a wife like that, he's got to know something. Well, wasn't she playing patty cake with somebody else? Well, she's not bad. She's just drawn that way. Oh. Yeah. Did you just say patty cake? Mm-hmm. Patty. 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 Patty cake. But that's not what it is. Patty cake. You, that don't. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It is pat a cake because you are patting cakes with slapping patty the cake. hands together. Patty cake. Okay. Nobody says patty cake. What is what is that? That's like goody two shoes. Well, but that's <laughs> correct. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to prove with that. I don't. Okay. Okay. I we've gotten off topic. Uh, Alex from Alabama. You're you're the you're the best for letting us know about your sleep paralysis and the fact that you sleep on your stomach and and you and that's the only time or maybe not the only time but it cut down on your 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 occurrences of this happening that that's interesting because i only sleep on my stomach only i haven't slept on my back in i don't know how long if unless i accidentally did it and okay you you think what okay no well what what do you think Uh, i dare you say something about well, you don't have sleep paralysis, right? Right. But that's the thing. He, Alex from Alabama says that since he stopped sleeping on his stomach, he he doesn't have this occur. And I only sleep on my stomach. However, everybody's sleep position is weird. And it made me think. Mm-hmm. It made me think about there being a possibility. Maybe there's something with circulation and getting the proper blood flow to certain sections of the brain that might require a higher flow to function at 100%, maybe. Maybe that little, that little cut, maybe that little lack of blood flow is, is changing. You know, like any part of your body falls asleep. It, every part, every part of you is connected to the next part, right? The old song goes. So the, 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 the shin bones connected to the knee, but whatever the hell the song is, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only know patty cake, but patty cake, but I'm thinking, you know, maybe something with the circulation is causing the brain to, to have different illusions embedded into its, into its little matrix, you know? So my daughter experienced night terrors for a very, very long time, which is completely separate than sleep paralysis. But she would walk um, in her sleep as she was screaming. So as she's screaming, she's fighting whatever, walking towards the door to try to open it. So her dad would like sleep at the door so that, you know, she couldn't get past the door or whatever. For a very long time, we just we blocked all of the the passageways, uh, hallways and stuff because we didn't know when she was going to wake up screaming. But um, she could never really describe it because she was so young. But they, you could see the fright in her eyes and you could talk to her. She was still asleep. That's wild. The dream world is is just a, a weird place. Yeah. But Such you need a weird sleep. place. You have to have sleep in order to function. It's like so weird. And I always thought it was so weird that we're so trusting that we turn off all of our senses cannot we have no guide to the outside world and we have to shut it down and we're just trusting that something's gonna wake us up in the morning or nobody's gonna take us out at night it's uh, always me out sleep itself is a wild, so wild. thing in itself it's so like wild. you're you're telling me that all i have to do after working a you know working a however many hour job is come home lie down, close my eyes for a few minutes, 
And then suddenly I am, boom, unconscious. Unconscious. Like, that is so trusting. It is just so trusting. I've always just thought it was just the most trusting thing in the world. Like, I did lock-ins. I would go into a room with other teenagers and, like, a huge, you know, like a, you know, like a closed uh, rec room. We did lock-ins. Uh-huh. We would, I would sleep with other, like, not that way. We would be in our own, you know, stuff. But that's what we did. We went to sleep with other people in a room for a lock-in. I can't believe I did that. Like, why would I do that? I don't know. It was foolish. I've done it once, but I was really young. Okay. Like yeah. really young. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do that as a 20, well, I do it as a 28 year old. You never know, but. What kind like, of lock-in is it? But like 35 though. Mm. Nah, I've, I've no. got my wallet and my shoe. No. I'm like putting my shoe under my pillow. The cell phone, cell phone, stuffing it somewhere. Yeah, yeah no, I couldn't. <laughs> well, Suki, I guess we, uh, the time's come where we need to, to spill the, Spill the beans. I think we need to tell the good listeners about your fantastic idea and what you've got in store coming up, don't you think? Well, it all depends. Um, What do you call a pony with a sore throat? A pony with a sore throat? Mm-hmm. Well, this has to have something to do with the word horse. Has to. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a little horse is what he is. So I've gotten one. I've gotten one. How could you do this to me? I How you ask you? me. You you ask me. If you don't if you don't want to know the answer, just like how was your weekend, right? Right. If you don't want to know, listen, it's not often that I that I get these, okay? I don't know a lot of dad jokes. I have to come up with my own stuff, off, you know, just shooting from the hip. <laughs> so so when I get one, I have to I have to really jump on it. That was that was great. Thank yes. you. And then so let's talk about this kinds of competitions within relationships and how that would relate to whether that person likes the type of sports they like. And that is something I want to look into on the podcast. I want to start sports. And well, well, hang on. You, you've gotten like so far past. You, you didn't even tell the good listeners like, Hey, I've got a podcast that's going to be starting. You just went ahead and jumped into the whole subject matter. I have ADHD. So let me tell the listeners of the Slasher Sports Show. Yes. Suki Suburbia will be starting her own podcast on on this very feed. You'll be able to catch Suki's podcast very soon, sooner than later. And d- did you decide which, which days you're going to be uh, recording and dropping these podcasts? I believe for the sports and relationship type of podcast that I'm going to be putting together, I will be recording on Sundays and releasing on Wednesdays. Recording Sunday, releasing Wednesday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, we're, we're talking about the dynamic of partners and how it relates to the sports world, like having like having a partner who, like we being Commanders fans, we being mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the the faithful Redskins nation that we are, mm-hmm. and possibly doing something foolish, just so foolish as maybe accepting a date with a Dallas Cowboys fan. Yes. Yeah, big gasp. Or a Philadelphia Eagles fan. The sure. the the, the, the G men. No, you see, th- this is this is what makes life difficult, and it's literally shooting yourself in the foot. But we are not the first, nor will we be the last person or people to shoot ourselves in the foot like Plexico Burris. Okay? It happens every day. 
I know. And it's kind of a deep cut, wasn't it? I hadn't talked about Plexigl Burris in years, <laughs> but his name just came up in my head when I thought about shooting myself in the foot. That was good. Thank you. But yeah, th- th- that is an interesting thought. And we have a lot of people that we both know that would be fantastic to have on the show. Yeah. So you've, uh, you've already been kind of digging into the well, have you not? Yeah, a couple of different people. I know a couple that runs together. So looking to get them on the show and talk about what that dynamic is like, because I cannot run with the opposite sex. Um, they're always I can't, like, I can't run with the same, you know, that's, <laughs> I'm not a runner. I'm a runner, but the dude's like, I can't believe you're tired. We're only 18 miles into a 40 mile stint. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I just really wanted to shrug my shoulders while I was moving. You know, that's really all I wanted to do. Just to shrug the shoulders while I was running. That's so, so, so you want to hear the, the, yeah. the candid, uh, backseat confessions. A little bit, or if it's like something that made them come together, something that, you know, they were doing separate when they, before they met and something that maybe brought them together as a couple. Um, I know another lady who started weight training and now does like the bikini, um, weightlifting competitions and she's a mother of two and she's a wife. So what was that like and how did she balance that? And, uh, I believe our faithful listener, Miss Porsche. Or Dr. Jackson, if you're nasty. Yeah. And cousin, I am as nasty as they come, Dr. Jackson. So Dr. Jackson's got some interesting things that she's been digging into. Mm-hmm. For years. I, for for years. See, that's the kind of expertise that we're gonna have. I'm 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 pretty excited about this. I'm actually very excited about it. Really? Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Billy. Thank you. And like I said, um, the reason why I think it's interesting is because people make it work. Like even when um, they're uh, the fans of Dallas Cowboys and they haven't scored yet, even though everybody else on the NFL East did, even when those kinds of things happen, they stay together. And you got to commend that. I'm, yeah, I'm totally with that. Um, who is the, um, is it Tamara Walcott? Yeah, that that's who you need to have on the show. You need to have Tamara Walcott. Hmm. Yeah, we're talking about the uh, the single mom who recently, I don't know how recently this was because sometimes, you know, you catch things well hmm. after the fact, but she uh, broke a world record in deadlifting. And yeah, you, you would, you'd know if you saw her. I'm going to, I'm going to have to send you a video or something, well, but yeah, you. Oh yeah, that that would that would put us like not not just on the map, like it'd put a star like where you put the capital city of a of a state. It put the star. That's where we would be. We'd have a star on the map instead of just a little pin dot. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'd be on yeah. the little key at the bottom where they put Alaska and Hawaii. They put they put us in that little box. And they shouldn't because people always think Alaska's next to Hawaii, and you have to explain that it's not. It's a lot of work. <laughs> Listen. Maps and globes have given people this weird sense of direction. I mean, we're on a, we're on a floating ball. So yeah. And it could be upside down at any moment. So what you think is down might be up, might just be up and over. I don't know. Suki, I think it's about time we get weird. I was just about to say that. Let's get weird. Okay. Alexandria, Virginia has a good story for us tonight. That's your backyard. That is my backyard. 
So a man completed an online dating profile and deemed himself the werewolf, werewolf killer. For some reason, I cannot say that word. Werewolf killer. He actually I'm got I'm listening. A date. Oh, he, he got, got a date. date. He got a date. Now, on, on his profile, is he dubbed like the, the werewolf killer? It, does it say that in his profile? So on the information I found through Twitter, it says he had it on his profile. Is so that him? Gonna, <laughs> isn't, isn't that great? Mingles right on time. She's I right mean, couldn't have been any more on time. She's always been a star. No, so in one report I saw, it did say werewolf killer was in the actual profile. But in the other reports, it doesn't say that. It just says that he's into a universal universal connection after years of travel. I don't know what that means. And I don't know if years means like years in another dimension. Um, because he found himself a werewolf. And he killed him, except for in the real world, that's killing a human. And so now he's in jail. So he, okay. Was the person that he killed one of his prospective dates? Yeah. He went on a date. So he went on a date Mm -hmm. with all intention of being like, hey, you're a werewolf. I'm going to seduce you with my my bass fishing pictures, holding it up by the lip. Oh, God. And with like a holding a deer's head like on the yeah. back of your truck mm-hmm. say hey look i hunt for food but i also hunt for trophy because look at the size of this thing but he graduated up to werewolves i was that was a pretty in-depth profile billy thank you for breaking it down well i'll always question like you know i i, I don't want to like disparage any hunters who hunt for food but like why you gotta take a picture with the dead animal like this <laughs> this wasn't to prove it, is the meat in the freezer not enough proof? No. Did did the deer have a gun? Maybe. Okay, it's, that's fair. I don't know <laughs> all the deer in the world. I only really know the ones that have hit my car. I, I am pro-hunting. I, I, I want to get that out. I'm pro-hunting. Okay, because um, my people, they hunt. And they, yeah, you I'm, know, they get I'm the pro deer hunting. and they get you the summer sausage, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-hunting. I just think it's a weird flex that you have to... Put the picture of you holding the dead deer's head in a picture with your three-year-old kid, making him eat a bite out of the heart after you. There's some weird motherfuckers out there. I don't like bow hunting, though. Bowing, the bowing, I don't like that one. I'm against that one because it doesn't always kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't have a preference there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I almost wish it was only bow hunting because at least there's a chance they get away and... And the poor yeah. thing's just running. But anyway, so yeah, so this guy, he is in prison currently for going on a date that he found through an online on, online profile. Can't say um, that either. It's been a day. It's, you know, the, for some reason, I'm telling you, I've had two weeks of horrible communication with people and I do not know what's happening. Okay, so yes, that man is in prison for being the killer that he is. Because in this we- world, you can't kill werewolves. No, you can't because they're not real. (laughs) But I can tell you this. I can't tell my best friend, James, the godfather of Droll. I can't tell him that werewolves aren't real because he is under the impression that these cryptids, these goat men, these Sasquatches, 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 Sasquatch Eye, uh, whatever. 
I think they're only just one and they're regional. I think they don't now have a group. But that's a good question. Yeah, it's a very good question. I need to pluralize that correctly. So I'm going to retract my statement. But yeah, he, he's on board with it and he can never really answer my questions to my liking. So that's why he's never on here. But yeah, he's. He, like Loch Ness, he, he's all for it. The Loch Ness monster. I, I don't know about the Loch Ness. I, I it's it's more like the the land creatures, like uh, you know the the chupacabra, the yes. uh, mainly mainly though Bigfoot, Sasquatch is is the one. And I said, James, do you know anybody who's ever seen a Sasquatch? He's like my uncle Mitch. <laughs> I'm like, okay, there we go. You've dragged that damn. Well, yeah, but this is Uncle Mitch. You have to know Uncle Mitch. Uncle Mitch probably didn't even say that. He probably said it one. He probably said the word one time, and James just ran with, "Oh, Mitch saw a Sasquatch." I, I, yeah, I can't do anything with him. But Suki, so we've got a special guest coming up very shortly. Do we not? Yes, we do. Very excited about this. Very special guest. Uh, maybe a week or two ago. Uh, we talked about a film called All Eyes. This was a, uh, look like a creature feature that, of course, I was really raving about it because they didn't spill too much in the trailer. I was really mm-hmm. happy about that. So I looked around. I wanted to look and learn, um, who is in this film? What have they done in the past? And luckily, the star of the film, Mr. Jasper Hammer, yeah. will be joining us right after this break. So do not go away. I was going to ask <laughs> not to like take anything away from the film, but I was like, did uh, this guy do uh, like a heavy workout routine prior to this? Because look pretty jacked in that film, man. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> Say that. No, you know, it was, we shot it during the middle of the pandemic and it, like the gyms were closed. So I was in Chicago at the time. And so I was just doing like a crazy ass prison workout where, you know, like push ups. <laughs> like pull-ups <laughs> shit like that but then in between takes uh wherever i'd have a shirt off my shirt off in that like take i would just do like a million push-ups i was like man like this is going on camera forever baby i gotta, I gotta get like the juice pumping yeah you know that makes a ton of sense i mean honestly yeah. honestly though if i were you like after every scene where you wore a shirt i would have just taken the shirt off yeah just to be on, just to be on set that, hey, i'm not even not even not even ashamed about it but yeah, I mean, hey, listen, I bought this film. Um, we're here with Jasper Hammer, by the way, guys. This is, uh, the star of the new film, All Eyes. A, uh, it's classified as a creature feature slash thriller. Um, you can find it on, well, anywhere you can, uh, rent and buy videos. I got my copy on Vudu. So Suki and I both watched on Vudu. I actually tandem watched with a good friend who, uh, named Jasmine Hanks, who's going to be in an upcoming film. I don't know when this film's dropping. Because Curse of the Were Deer, um, one of those trauma films. Uh, well, I, actually, I don't think it's classified as a trauma film because it was done by a completely different production company. But Robert uh, Kaufman does, or Lloyd Kaufman. Which one? Robert Kaufman or Lloyd Kaufman? Lloyd Kaufman. Who's Robert Kaufman? I think he was a murderer. Good <laughs> man. <laughs> I think he was a murderer. So Lloyd Kaufman. Mr. Kaufman produced this one, and he's uh, the guy who created the Toxic Avenger and that whole library of films. But yeah, we uh, we watched tandem watched this film last night. I watched it again before the the podcast. And man, I gotta say, bravo, job well done. And thank hey, you for coming on the show. 
thank you for having me and thank you so much for watching the movie i really appreciate you guys watching it that, that really means a lot to me man it really does listen we're always looking for new stuff to check out something uh, to, to push on our friends who don't want anything to do with it that's just what we're yeah. about <laughs> and this was a really good one though and, and like listen right off the bat i'm not gonna spoil anything so if you wanted to, to hear spoilers just turn it off right now. Don't turn it off. But right. <laughs> yeah, just just get it out of your head that uh, there no spoilers. We want you to watch this film. It's yeah. only like two ninety nine, three ninety nine on Voodoo. I think it's a, probably a comparable price on Prime. So did you have fun uh, making this film? Oh my god, so much fun! So we went out to uh, it was this really tiny town um, called Altus, and then uh, also Hobart, Oklahoma, as well, where we filmed there. Do you know Hobart? I'm. I was born in Oklahoma. You were born. Here in Oklahoma? we go. Yes, I have. He gets upset that I say this on every show, but I was. I was born in Oklahoma. Here so. we go. <laughs> Let's go. But yeah. That's amazing. There you go. Um. But yeah, so we filmed in these small towns. Those two small towns, uh, in Oklahoma, and I had known um few of the crew like so todd who's the director and then the um the dp i had done a like a short film with and then i actually right after i graduated college because uh, i went to film school and then i i was doing like behind the camera work uh with my buddy james ray who's the key grip on the on the film and so just seeing those guys alone was super fun but just in in general filming the whole thing was just a blast because everyone really got along really like incredibly and everyone was really driven of like man it was like 16 hour days which if you're with like the wrong group of people can just be a nightmare but mm. it's really great chemistry so it was, it was a, ugh, just the best time of my life it was really great and well, how much did some... the okay no 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 by, by all means go ahead because this was what i was going to say is completely off uh, the subject of the filming get that so how much did the pandemic impact the filming at the time? A lot. You know, um, they, we had to have, like, really, like, it was a really a skeleton crew. Like, mm -hmm. there was only probably, like, including the actors, you know, because it was only me, Danielle, and Ben as the primary actors with, like, dialogue for the most part until, like, the end of the, or if don't worry anything, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so other like at, at any time there was probably only like six or seven people on set, and then you know taking COVID tests and you know wearing masks, stuff like that. It was it was pretty impactful. It was yeah. But once you're in the thick of it and like in the the mood and like the zone of filming, it kind of fades away and you kind of go to that little fun place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, Listen, nice Ben Hall yeah, was great. Ben Hall, yeah, he's dude, he's amazing, isn't he? He's I, in Scorsese's you know, movie. He's he's in Scorsese's new movie. Yeah, he just I don't know if that's like out yet, but he's gonna be in the uh, new movie Martin Scorsese's making. <laughs> well, let's let's look at that and see what uh what we're talking about. We he's got three in well one of post production. Yeah, it, it doesn't really say like right off the the bat here, but you've got Killers of the Flower Moon, which is in post production, and then the Downwinders and Little Dixie are both um. But great chemistry. And or did you? You're saying you worked with them before, or not with Ben before? I'd met Ben on um on that shoot, but oh. he's a great guy. Yeah, he's really great. Awesome. Yeah, you guys do very well um on screen. It, it seemed like you guys were just the best of pals. But even you know with the uh I guess the the conflict that you know was provided with this film, but it seems like every Greenlee in existence worked on this film. Obviously, not, Todd yeah. directed, and then the writers, uh, Alex, and there was one more who might have been a producer, 
But there are others that, that have parts on IMDb. There's uh, Alex, Jeff, Lisa. There might have been another one. I don't know. But yeah, this yeah. film was... How long did it take you to finish? Two weeks. Isn't that crazy? That is and we crazy. Filmed, we, yeah, it was nuts. And and just to go back a little bit to like the chemistry between Ben and I, we filmed his stuff like right away. It was the first thing we filmed, and he was only there for three days. And so we did that entire part in three days, and then the rest of the shoot, like almost all of it was it was technically it's technically scene 39 i don't want to ruin anything for anyone who hasn't seen it but it's where it's like the sequence where a lot of stuff happens <laughs> and that was like the majority of the shoot but yeah in terms of getting chemistry with him we were staying in the same like lake house basically right by quartz mountain in oklahoma uh, him and i and actually james ray who did the lighting on the movie and after filming you know after like you know hour 16 15 or whatever we would just go back and they'd be ripping cigarettes and like we would all just talk about movies or like comic books and stuff yeah. like just throughout the night and then in terms of like the greenleys so todd and alex uh, alex who wrote it he is twin brothers with Todd. Uh, so they're sort of a tandem there where Alex does the writing and then, and they, and Alex also does directing as well. But then Todd is like a masterclass editor. And then Jeff and Lisa are their parents. They always uh, sneak in little cameos and stuff. So mm-hmm. in, the, in the movie, if you see like, uh, like a secretary lady who comes in and has a line and then the guy who like is my boss very briefly, that's their parents. That is so awesome. Yeah. I really love- you did say that, um, I believe Alex or no Todd is the uh the master class editor and that's one thing that kind of caught my eye I'm I'm really big on movie trailers not spoiling too much um like things that really grind my gears I was waiting forever it felt like to see Godzilla versus Kong okay in that trailer they basically ruined what should have been the biggest surprise and that's the appearance of Mechagodzilla. He's and I've not gotten over it. <laughs> and I almost avoid trailers unless it is to talk about a film on this podcast. Yeah. With all eyes, they gave away just enough for me to tell Suki, hey, this is one that we're going to talk about on the show. I want you to catch the trailer and we're going to talk about it. And I'm so glad that it, I guess it unfolded the way it did. Because this is probably one of my top five films that I've viewed this year. And it's already September. My man. Hell yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, it's, I, yeah. Or sorry. No, no, no. All I'm going to say is that in, in a time where everybody goes online to talk about the films they don't like, not enough people jump on mm-hmm. to talk about the films they do like. Yeah. Um, not i'm not gonna lie one one bit this was one of my favorite films of 2022 god man hey thank you for saying that that really that means a lot man it really does and and yeah in terms of like uh the trailer not giving away a lot you know honestly the greenleys with the movies they make in general even the movie i feel like doesn't like it 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 tries to keep things sort of like in that in between where it could go one way or another. And I, I think with this movie, you, you, the viewer would become come away satisfied with like an answers of things. But I think that probably lends into uh, the trailer not giving away a lot. That's the sort of, they like to be in that sort of uh, liminal space. So have you well, worked with them before? The Greenleys? Uh-huh. Yeah. I did another feature called um, home with a view of the monster where I play sort of like a wacky hitman guy. Uh, he's like a bad guy 
but that was really it was really fun to film that with them yeah i was gonna ask what are the what were the i guess the differences because you're talking about three years people learn people grow people get better um in those three years what had changed between home with a view and all eyes in i guess the way that you present yourself on screen yeah you know, so before Home of the View, the Monster, um, I had been in Chicago doing comedy mostly. So I've been doing like I did I do a Second City. If you're like I did Second City, and then I did uh, this place called IO, uh, stands for Improv Olympics, which was a real, I think it might have closed recently, but it was a like a really great uh, improv store there. And so I was doing improv a lot, and uh, I hadn't really had like classical training yet. Um, aside from doing like Shakespearean training and, uh, this like, uh, this guy Anton Chekhov, who's a Russian writer, I had taken all these classes, like doing that to try to like, okay, I've done comedy now. I need to be like, get serious and do Shakespeare and stuff like that. But I didn't have the groundwork before that. So like all the other actors in those classes with me had like this base level understanding of like how to prepare and how to do all this stuff. So that's a long-winded way of saying when I started Home of the View the Monster, um, I was like, I didn't really have my own method down. And I was basically just trying to emulate what I thought like an actor is supposed to do. So it's like, okay, pretend like you're this crazy guy. And like, even when their camera's off, like, you know, be in the zone. Like, I wasn't like a jerk or like, you know, be mean to anybody. But, you know, just I didn't really have my own method of like to get into the role yeah 100 yeah. percent, and like how to replicate stuff and make it more authentic as opposed to just like a lot of emotions or something um but then in between those i, I uh, did a lot of like really intensive studying on the meisner technique which is a it's a sort of an offshoot of the method of stanislavski's method technique and uh it really helped me understand how to like be truthful on screen and like sustainably and so I, th- I think I really going into this newer one, All Eyes, I really actually like kind of know what I'm actually doing as opposed to just like, you know, off the wall. Wow. In an audio podcast, what can you tell us about that technique? You say Stanislavski. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to try it. Oh, that's all good. So Stanislavski is a... Stanislavski. Yeah. He's even like, you know, you hear people go like, oh, he's a method actor. You know, mm-hmm. have you all heard that? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, so that, yeah, and that comes from this dude, Stanislavski, who was this Russian guy who, like, did all these cool um, things. Like, he studied, like, with scientists, the physi- uh, physiology of, like, the brain mm-hmm. whenever actors tend to, like, be upset and stuff. It's, like, did all these cool studies. But so then from him came this guy named Sanford Meisner, uh, who, like, his whole his whole thing was sort of stripping away the ego that goes into acting and, like, just really living truthfully in, in the moment and like like with your imagination and it, it really just strips it down to like the very simple uh you know things you need to be an actor which is you literally just need to understand the circumstance believe it's real and then you go <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of really wild uh like uh I think called repetition is the baseline of that where you sit across uh like so for listeners if you guys want to try this out the, the way to start a Meisner technique, a uh, thing called repetition, is you sit across from somebody and then you just look them in the eye and then all you say is the first thing you notice and then they would like, repeat back what you said to them and you just do that for like 10 minutes. And it's it's so crazy. And it feels like you feel like you're a lunatic. And you're like, because what you're doing is you're, you're just repeating them directly without imparting any like um, of yourself into that. 
and you know what I mean? So like, if I was yeah. going to say like, yeah, like, oh, you're like, uh, you're wearing glasses. And then if you said like, I'm wearing glasses, like, I'd be like, you're imparting that you're annoyed. I said that. Yeah. And so you would just have to like, say I strip that away. Oh, yeah. I'm always annoyed. So yeah, I cannot. Oh, that's amazing. It's really, yeah. Amazing. And it gets way more granular than that, but that's like, yeah. In, in short, is that kind of how it, <laughs> I guess the easy way to ask is sometimes I'll see maybe an inexperienced actor and yeah. they'll have some, a little extra on the facial expressions. Yeah, when, yeah. Is that kind of a way to exercise getting, getting rid of that? Uh, I guess it's a little bit of an annoying thing that I do myself. I feel like if somebody said, um, well, your, your mother died, my mother died and like, you know, doing the, the, the forehead wrinkles and, Exactly. I don't think I don't think Alec Baldwin would do that. And that really pisses me yeah. off. A hundred percent. It's like that's a fantastic example of it. And then like another example is like um, it's like a in a movie like someone's put playing the comedy up too much, right? Where it's like they're really showing that it's a joke and like they're um, like really like they're telling you it's a joke by the way. Like oh well, that's not what I thought. You know what I mean? Like some sort of like heightened mm-hmm. thing. Uh-huh. That's not them really living in the moment, and it ends up not being as funny as if the person was just to actually exist in those circumstances and, like, react to what was actually happening to them. So what you said with the furrowed brow and stuff, yeah, like, they probably wouldn't do that. They would, that's them, they're, like, that actor would then be, like, externalizing what they think the moment is, as mm-hmm. opposed to just being in the moment. And oh, that's, that was- instead of makes me Billy Graves, that would make me the character. Um Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And you said that you did some uh, some comedy work. Uh, well, actually, quite a bit of comedy work. Suki, what did I tell you last week? Comedic well, I think we actors. both agreed on this. We agreed on this. Comedic actors are the best actors. We, we agreed on work. that part, but we disagreed yeah. on a on a very different uh, thing that that led to. You're going to have to break the tie here, Jasper Hammer the third. Okay. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm not Jasper Hammer the third. I you know you're not. <laughs> Okay. I do want to hear it. I do want to hear it. First, let me take uh, uh, the tiebreaker first. What do we got? Okay. What do I got to do? Could you see Eddie Murphy doing a true horror film? Yes. Stop, stop. Just stop. What? Eddie Murphy's a great performer. Have you ever seen Raw? Yes, but don't so, you see him bringing, like, being a funny, like, I think I would just picture him being funny. Now, Jamie Foxx, I could see doing it, well, but Jamie I can't Fox. see <laughs> He's Jamie Foxx is just like I feel like he's way underrated. That dude is he's unbelievable. Oh my so god, amazing! He's a renaissance man. He sings, he acts, he raps, whatever. Yeah, he's one of the most talented humans alive. Easily, easily, he doesn't get his due. He needs to. Yeah, oh my god. Um, but no, but Eddie I, Murphy. Like think yes. about Adam Sandler doing Punch Drunk Love or like uh, Rain Over Me. He's he my great favorite. Though. I think he could do it. I think he could do it. I, I wish you hadn't brought up Adam Sandler because I love likes. Adam Sandler with all my heart. Hey, I do too. He's, he's a really cool guy. <laughs> but I think about comedic actors, not necessarily yeah. stand-up comedians, but comedic actors like um, uh, Ashton Kutcher did a really good job with the butterfly effect. Did a really good job. And then you take a guy like Jim Carrey, who's doesn't get any bigger as a comedian or comedic actor. And he's done, uh, what was the number 27? Very believable. Robin Williams, was it one hour photo? Two hour yeah, photo? Some, some number of hours of a photo. Yeah. And he looked like a complete lunatic. And I love it. 
and he did such a good job and that's what makes him his his range you know but comedians i feel like if you're able to drag out the most difficult emotion to drag out of a human and that's laughter it's hard to make people laugh it's hard to make people laugh on command but if you can do that you can do any damn thing any range of act and i think eddie murphy would absolutely murder and i'm not talking about a comedic horror role like vampire in brooklyn i'm saying you put him in a in a very dark you know, we talked about vampire in brooklyn last last week well, okay well do you think that your background in comedy helped you who you are now i do I definitely do because if you're doing comedy and you're you have to be able to listen to the things happening around you and I think that's the biggest because I, I understand what you're saying Billy too and, and Suki like it's it is I think it's like to be able to like being a good comedic actor definitely then most likely are, are good at acting in general because you have to be aware of your surroundings like it wouldn't make sense for um, a comedian like Jim Carrey right like even if even though he's so like huge in his, some of his early comedic roles, he's still totally aware of the actors around him and the situation he's in. And so he's really interacting and like reacting uh, really in the moment, as opposed to having these preconceived ideas that he's just imprinting on everybody. And so I think that's where part of the, the uh, crossover happens of why a comedic actor would be good at just all actors because they're so present in the moment. So go ahead and tell us, how'd you get the Roman numeral? Okay, so I was uh, graduating college, and I had had a few drinks before because it was like it was just at like eight p.m. I was excited, and uh, I was like, "You're just gonna go there for like an hour." And the guy before me is saying his name to the person who's gonna like read the names aloud, and there he's like, "I'm da 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 the third. and I was like, "What? I want to be the third? That's dope <laughs> as hell." And so they were like, "Who are you?" And I'm like, "What do you? What name do you want like us to read?" And I was like, "Jasper Hammer the third. And I didn't know they were going to put it on my diploma. And then they did. And so I almost didn't get my diploma for like four years. And then all these IMDb credits that I had done, like while I was graduating college, started racking up as the third. And I was like, fuck, man, I'm not. The third. For one drunken night, yeah, I you created like your whole. Yeah, I was just like, man, it sounds cool. I was like, I didn't think of, like, I, I just thought it was going to be like the guy with the microphone just saying, like, all right, come get your diploma now. I didn't think that's what they actually put on, like, the stuff. And then, oh, and then <laughs> the I, stuff. I did something with, saw that, like, saw that, and then wrote my name down on IMDb as the third. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. For, for 2013, in all of 2013, all yeah. of your acting credits are as Jasper Hammer the third. That's when I graduated. Yeah. I I've never known another Jasper with the excess with the exception of a kid I was in kindergarten with and he moved away. So I was wondering like is is this a kid I went to kindergarten with in rural Tennessee with a How graduating do you know class of a hundred kindergarten with? Like who remembers people they went to kindergarten with? I do because my class was of out of like one hundred people. I also I remember my my girlfriend Sophie from kindergarten. Are you serious? Broke my heart. No way. There's nothing. I had Let's a very good college now. experience. I just remember college. Hey, what? Yeah. I positive thing. <laughs> I think if you remember college, then you probably weren't there, really. You're just making up some false. It's like the 60s. You know, if you remember the You're 60s, sure. you weren't there. You were a hater. <laughs> Everybody hater. was tripping on LSD. So while you were in Oklahoma, 
Did anything happen like a tornado? Because they're known for that. Was there any weather conditions that impacted your filming at all? No. Um, there was one scene. Honestly, no. Which was okay. kind of crazy. Because we, yeah. we filmed it like sort of during tornado season. Um, and we thought that was going to happen. But it didn't. Except for there was one scene where it was it kept raining. Like, in, and we would just run inside, do a take. Run inside, do a take. And that's like the only time the weather. Because I, mean, I feel you. Like, it would. You'd think it would have. But it really didn't. And they would just rebuild. My family shows it off like it's a museum. Over there, Mimi, there used to be an apartment building. It got torn down with the tornado, but we're just going to rebuild it. Are they in Oklahoma? Yeah, my whole family's in Oklahoma. What part? Where are y'all at? Um, you won't know it. Conowa, okay. Oklahoma. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people ask me. Conowa, um, Conowa, Ada. Ada? I know, I, yeah, I know Ada. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Bing, Bing, Oklahoma. Bing. Norman. Norman, of course. Yeah, I went to school in Norman. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so my whole family is like, it started Oklahoma. We are from Oklahoma. Nice. Are you a Thunder fan at all? Huh? Are you a Thunder? Do you do you watch like the bat? Do you watch basketball at all? Like, I'm a doctor. No, no. So because I'm in I'm in um DC, so I have to be sad with my DC teams. So oh, yeah, okay. yes, yeah. <laughs> do that. But Boomer sooner. Hey, but, there okay. we, there we go. Jesus, you're a hater. Okay, <sighs> what's next for you? Um, you know, I'm trying to sneak on. You know, have you guys heard of the show Reservation Dogs on mm-hmm. FX? Isn't B- uh, Ben Hall? Isn't he also? Maybe he, no, 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 no. Why did Maybe I think he, had, he was tied to that? He probably had like a small role on it, honestly. So it's like this guy, uh, Sterling Harjo, who's a, just a fantastic director. Um, I worked with him when I was in college as like an intern. And then I worked like behind the camera on one of his first movies called Miko, which is just a really, really great movie. Uh, it's about like the, the struggles of Native Americans, like, and, uh, just the sort of like how they're like, you know, group like they're they're, you know, struggling in impoverished areas because of all this like, you know, disenfranchisement and everything like in the modern society. It's really great. And uh he so I worked on that with him and he's now directing this movie called or the show called Reservation Dogs, uh, based out of Oklahoma. And Ben probably got on I would assume got on episode of that or something like that yeah he's on an episode he's the oil priest <laughs> in hey. in in the episode this is where the plot thickens so that that's so you're trying to finagle your way onto that it sounds amazing it sounds yeah. great that's my that's my goal here <laughs> so is is all eyes the first film feature film that you've worked on since the pandemic began um yeah i'm trying to remember i shot another one called lucky but i can't remember when we filmed that one i think that was the pandemic where i but i wasn't like the i was uh like this drug dealer guy who's like not like the main guy you got to typecast people so that's you know you you, you fit you know the, the, yeah, the drug right. dealer role right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> for a while after home, uh, home of the view i kept getting cast as the uh like crazy guy and i was like and the evil person and i was like do i come across as like a <laughs> like <laughs> like so good yeah right. you know I had some questions that it's going to be hard to ask without spoiling anything. So I'm trying to like think of a way to, to, to ask them. I was a big fan of the Twilight Zone. I've always been a big fan of the Twilight Zone and, um, you know, the shows like that really like, uh, you know, the outer limits and Alfred Hitchcock presents and the, the ashtray thing in all eyes ha- had me wondering, was that really a prop from the Twilight Zone? 
No, it wasn't. But they they grew up uh, like both Greenleys. They were obsessed with Twilight Zone growing up, and so apparently I can't remember which episode, but it's based. It really is based off of an episode. It's cool. Okay, th- that maybe not the prop. Maybe maybe it actually being a prop from the Twilight Zone wasn't my real oh, question. Tethered to an actual episode. Yeah. I think it is. I really, I do think it is because they're like obsessed with it, and so I think it is like tied to it. I, I can't remember what the episode is though. Obsessed. I love Twilight Zone. That is See? awesome. I went to a putt putt golf in Vegas that was Twilight Zone themed because that is my love, Twilight Zone. So. Twilight Zone was so good, you know. And like the thing about it is, I did a tandem watch last night with a with a friend who was feeling kind of down. So I said, "Hey, fuck that. Fuck feeling down." I've got this movie and like jump on, rent this flick. It's two ninety nine, and we'll count down three, two, one, play. And so every scene, every scene, we dissected this thing to death and we would stop. See, I actually, I'm going to confess. I've watched it before. I've watched it before. Um, I did not tell my friend that I watched, watched movies it before. Twice. At least. Movie. Yeah. yeah, at least. And I always say that I watch the first time as a fan. I'll ask no questions. I'll tell no lies. I'll just watch and absorb what I can and enjoy it as, you know, the director and actors intended to happen. The second time around, I'll start asking questions. I'll say, well, what did he mean by that? And every word that, that Ben said, uh, Don, uh, that Don Thomas said in this film, I'm like, well, he meant something by that. There's no way that he just said that while he was picking this thing up off the ground because that sounded like it sounded deep, but not like so deep that I that I'll drown in it. But it means something, and so I asked my friend, I was like, "Hey, what what do they mean by that?" And then we're just trying to figure everything out. And then at the during one of the final scenes, they cut to a phone, they cut to uh, the ashtray, and they cut to a box of um, collected effects. I'm not gonna. No spoil too much there, but it made me think. No, there's more to this tra- this, this ashtray, and it, it drove me crazy. So uh, at least you could quell my confusion, and oh. it would have it would have bothered me all week had I not asked about the ashtray. Yeah, and I don't well, I don't know if my friend's listening, but we we'll, we're gonna we know now. We know. I love it. I think that's fantastic. You do that, and that's a really fun way to, to sort of dissect the movie. And I would say also, I think that there it, it was purposeful what you just said too like the shot where they're shown each item i think there's definitely meaning behind that and i and I, I could be so opinion. far off on this because so much is open to interpretation and sometimes i just interpret things wrongly as i have with women my whole life suki my whole yeah, I know. life I know. You don't. well I know that. well when i saw the the trap the i keep saying the trash can the the ashtray i was thinking like the ashtray was um I guess a metaphor or an allegory for everything that was chaotic in his life because the twilight zone itself has a lot of content that isn't what it seems. And I just thought that while he had this, this prop that maybe a lot of the things in his life weren't as they seemed to him at the time. And I I, I couldn't figure out if I was looking too far into it. That's very deep. It is deep, but you got, uh, you know, some, some fake deepness out of Cujo being, um, D. Wallace's uh, infidelity coming back to bite her. I, I don't know if that's <laughs> right or not. I don't care what Alex from Alabama has to say about it, but 
I th- I think I think you're onto something there. I really do. And like I don't know. So in terms of like the meaning behind everything in the movie itself, they don't tell me shit. Like they won't ever tell me anything. And so I have to sort of find it like, which I think is good. Like as an actor, yeah. especially going mm-hmm. into it, you shouldn't know. But then after you're done filming, it's like, come on, let me in. Like, what, what were we trying to do there, man? Um, but, <laughs> New phone, who dis? Yeah, right? Just but, tell uh, me a little bit. Yeah, I think you're definitely onto something there. And I think it also maybe has something to do with, uh, you know, communication is a huge theme, maybe. And sort of, you know, the communication of, you know, feelings that art and television shows convey, I think that could be part of it as well. And so yeah. that chaotic uh, communication or inability to um, really discern real meaning stuff, I think, is definitely there as well for the ashtray. And there's the phone that's not connected to anything. And I mean, this, it, I think it really is a film that I don't want to say it's not going to get the attention it deserves, but there's a lot of content out there. But it, it is something that I feel like has more than meets the eye. It's not just a couple of guys hunting a monster. There, there's a lot more. Um, deep sentiment that comes in there and man, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really did. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for saying that. I really do. I really do appreciate that, man. Seriously. I mean, I, the, the things you give your, your time to, you know, during yeah. the week, you only get 24 hours in a day, which 24 times seven, whatever that is, right? I mean, so you, you want to, you, you want to know that you're sitting down to see a quality film. And I've seen a lot of garbage films in, in my life, as you have probably. But I guess I should ask, have you always been a horror guy? I mean, some no. people wouldn't classify it as a horror, uh, but I mean, I think I think it is. Um, yeah, it's like a horror thriller drama kind of, yeah. Yeah, M- multi-genres. You know, yeah, no, I was not a horror guy. So my, my when I grew up, my uh, my mom and my, my aunt and my sister were really into like, uh, supernatural stuff, witchcraft, and things like mm-hmm. that. So when we'd go stay at hotels and stuff, um, it would always be a haunted hotel. It could be. And so we, <laughs> I wouldn't know that until we got there. And I was a little kid. It scared the crap out of me. And so because of that, I think I like, and I come home, they'd be doing like a seance or something. I'm like, get me out of here. Like, <laughs> Wait, are you being serious? No, I'm being serious. Yeah. Like and a so real, I, like a. Not like full on, like weird, crazy ritual. It would just be like they had like candles lit and they were like doing okay. a week. Nothing yes. like that. <laughs> Teenage girls in their pajamas sitting in a circle, right. hoping yeah. to conjure up like Michael Hutchins or something. It's yeah. Probably... And reading tarot. Like, I know how to read tarot because, like, they would do it since I was a kid and stuff like that. But that scared the crap out of me. Like, it's, <laughs> I wouldn't watch horror movies because it was, like, too scary until, like, year, like, five years ago. I just couldn't do it. I was, like, too freaked out. But now I love it. Now I love horror movies. I love, like, uh, Ghost Adventures. If you guys have ever seen that on, like, Travel Channel, like, my favorite show. I love, like, anything spooky. So it's a it's a recent development, like, horror movies. That's awesome. Yeah, one of my classmates, um, her husband was doing one of those ghost adventure or ghost hunter shows. Yeah, and like, I need to find out which one that is. I don't think it was the one that you were. And it may have been a local, like, online thing. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people depend on uh, online programming to just get their stuff out. You don't have to sign a, you know, you don't have to sign anything with Dick Ebersol or anything like that to <laughs> to get your stuff on TV, right? If you just upload to YouTube. But, um, you know, you being in Chicago, I should probably um, probably ask, do you, do you have you ever worked with uh, Ben Schatzel? I know Chicago is a huge city, but Ben oh, Schatzel okay. was on our, yeah, he was on our, uh, on our show yeah. a few weeks back. Very cool guy. Worked on a, another film. We're basically playing Six Degrees of Separation here, right. Jasper, is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're trying to do. 
Yeah, basically everybody that film. comes on. That's a fact. Anybody that comes on usually has been uh, related to a previous guest in one way or another. Whether they were in a single scene together or if one directed a film that the other was in. But Ben uh, made his uh, directorial debut with a short called Remission. And I think he he's actually from Kansas City, so kind of headed the Oklahoma way. But you're yeah. both in Chicago now, and I didn't know if you were familiar. I but I should I, I should probably at least I should probably at least link up your two uh, socials yeah, uh, just in case. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? Yeah. So hey. will you stay with the comedy as well, or will you kind of bounce back and forth between everything? Yeah, no, I I haven't done comedy for years actually. I okay. it, you know it was really fun, and going into it, I like thought that's what like all throughout my life I was like. I want to be on SNL and I want to do comedy and like go mm-hmm. do SNL through like Chicago improv. But I, I don't know. I just, it wasn't for me, honestly. I, I, it's just like the, not the style of acting. I want to do the comedic movies and stuff like that. I love it. Yeah. But just not, not improv. Just we're on to the next stage of your chapter now. Yeah. And I love improv. Like I love watching other people do improv. It's just, yeah, not, not one path I kind of want to go down myself. As for your future, uh, you yeah. brought up the uh, reservation dogs. I mean, what is, um, mm-hmm. I guess the life of or the daily life uh, of an actor look like. Are you looking for casting calls uh, on a daily basis? How does that work? Yeah, you know, it varies. Like uh, submitting for roles. Um, you know, a lot of my friends. So I, I have a day job as well. It's like full time remote, so I can and I have a, like unlimited PTO, which is crazy. So it's kind of like the perfect job, like for acting, where I can like take time off I need to or like run away to like an audition or something like that um but you know when you're starting out because I mean of course I'm still starting out uh I think it's easy to fall into the trap of like you know you have to be struggling to do this and I, I don't think that's true I think that if you really like put your mind to it you can find jobs like even if it's a standard nine to five like in an office you can still if you really put your mind to it find a way to make it work like because whenever I was first starting out doing improv and stuff like that and, you know, sketch shows and things like that, all of the rehearsals in the showtime were, you know, weekend nights or mm-hmm. like rehearsals were like Thursday evening. And if you're working in, you know, like the gig economy doing that, those are the times you usually have to work, you know, like you have to be at the bar at like Saturday night. And so it would, that conflicted more with the uh, ability to pursue act. And then in terms of like day to day, yeah, it's like, you know, keeping the muscle going in between roles. So like, you know, doing, taking classes or like, uh, well, uh, or like, and it sounds weird, but like keeping your body right. Like if your mm-hmm. body's right, your mind's right. So yeah, just a lot of that. So what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that we have the voodoo link at least, because that's just kind of my preferred. Uh, we, we can put a different one in there if, if you like uh, Jasper, but we're going to put the link where you can rent or buy All Eyes. And like I said, I fucking loved it. Hey, Absolutely man. loved it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. But before we go, Jasper, could you tell everybody where they can find you on your socials? Oh, if yeah. you even want them to find you. I know. Really I saw on Instagram. My main, I'm so bad at social media my main one is the instagram jasper heart hammer my full name at uh, heart spelled h-a-r-t like a red deer it's fun um so jasper heart hammer on instagram and then twitter i think it's jasper h hammer i think so but instagram we'll, we'll link it in the bio we're gonna link yeah, it in the bio it doesn't matter <laughs> i need to get better at that dude i need to like 
go yeah. and influence her or something or try to, you know. Yeah. Well, just we're influenced. One, one that you know for sure. Like, I know for sure my Twitter. Like, that's yeah, the I, one. Yeah. The Instagram is for sure Jasper Hardhammer. I know that. I know that. <laughs> well, we're going to, we're going to link it all. But, uh, Suki, got any final thoughts before we, uh, ride into the sunset? Support indie film. Support indie film. And as a reminder, I want to tell you guys, Follow us on SlasherSports.com, on Twitter and TikTok at SlasherSports, and on Instagram at SlasherSportsMedia. we got everything in sports and entertainment from baseball to horror flicks. Now go forth, and may you drink the blood of your enemies from the skulls of their children.